0: Around the world and coast to coast, this is the Phil Nason Show. You're listening to AFR, the Armed Forces Radio Network.
1: Welcome,
0: welcome, welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Man, I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes. Later on today, we're going to be joined by my friend Tony Omateo, who is, well, his basketball team is the winningest one in Atlanta these days, the Atlanta Legends of the UBA. Five games in a row they've won, so we're going to talk about that, and of course, I'm going to make him sing for his supper and talk a little bit about other things related to basketball, and we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks today. We haven't done that all season long. It's not because I predicted they'd make the playoffs either, you know. I did that on ESPN. I was having fun with the guys. I was relaxed up in Maine. Whatever. It is what it is. We want to thank Armed Forces Radio, though, for presenting this show. I want to thank Bovada and the Dollar Shave Club for, well, hopefully putting some cash in my pockets. I got a great guest. My friend's here. Please welcome Xavier Cooper to the house. Xavier, you are in the house. What's happening, dude? (laughs)
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to make sure that you do better after this show, too, because young you people out there, if you're looking for a writer or a podcaster or whatever, this young man can get it done for you. I highly recommend him. And if you need Thanks. to find him, yeah, absolutely. We're going to give you his Twitter later. You know how to find me. And believe me, people get hired, Xavier, from this show, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I believe it. You know, you're an incredible host.
0: I do my best, but you know what more I am? Loyal to my friends. I got a kid. I hate the Thunder, as you know. I mean, I really hate them. I mean, I'm the biggest hater of the Thunder there is. The young people (laughs) say that. I just don't like them because I'm a Sonics fan, which makes more sense. Anyway, one of the people who listen to this show is a graphic artist. He ended up doing some work for me for free because he was in college still. I got him the email address to the Thunder number of the, of the Oklahoma City Thunder, his favorite team. And now he works in the graphic arts department. In fact, they called me for a reference. And I'm mm-hmm. their biggest hater.
1: <laughs> you know what? That You know, that's that's big time. That's big that's, time. That's
0: huge. See? So we're going to work on that for you, too. But I got to ask you a question up front. Man, what happened to the Hawks?
1: Oh, man. I, mean, <laughs> I knew you were <laughs> going to say
0: that, too. Oh, man.
1: It's a, a lot happened to the Atlanta Hawks. Like, I mean, I think the first major thing was Paul Millsap leaving. Right. I think when he left, he was like the nucleus of the offense and defense. Of course. And I think the only thing that could make up for Paul Millsap leaving was Dennis Schroeder stepping up. Um, <laughs> he didn't, did and he? <laughs> I he? I don't think he's. I don't think he uh, he um, lived up to his hype. Um, I think uh, he stepped up a little, you know, but. He could have. He could have played way better this season. Um, I, I'm kind of disappointed in how he played this season. Right. But um, you know, he's still young, and he still has at least you know one or two years to kind of, you know, make that giant leap. You know.
0: He well, better leap quick because otherwise, this this draft is going to take care of his business. I got this funny feeling. But uh, when you think about it. This is the this is the end result of not having a plan from the front office to uh, rebuild your team. When you will let free agents, all-star free agents, mind you, like Al Horford and Paul Millsap, walk without any compensation whatsoever. This is what you get: a team that really, quite frankly, isn't doing what I thought they would do, and that disappointed me. It really disappointed me because I've only done the ESPN spot like six times this season. I used to do it like twice a week, if you remember. And now I don't. they don't even call me for it because they stink. Yeah. It, it, Bad for yeah. business, Xavier. That's
1: why I really hate to do predictions. Um, <laughs> well,
0: it wasn't just that. It's just that they stunk. I mean, if they were halfway decent, people would want to hear about them.
1: Right. Right. And I mean.
0: Who wants I to, to be reminded for... your favorite team is 20 and 44?
1: Ugh, that sounds so bad.
0: <laughs> Doesn't it though? Because when you think about this, 10 consecutive seasons the Atlanta Hawks have made the playoffs. Only one other team in the NBA has a, a longer consecutive playoff streak, and that's the San Antonio Spurs at 20. The third longest is the Memphis Grizzlies at seven. They're not going to make the playoffs. The Hawks aren't going to make the playoffs. And if Kawhi don't come back and Lamarcus Aldridge don't come back, the Spurs might miss the playoffs.
1: Yeah, for the first time in a long time. Too um, long. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, and you know what? I knew the Hawks weren't going to be the same team. Right. Um, but now I'm starting to I'm starting to figure out that they just they have like an identity
0: problem. You know, a real one. Yeah, you're right. What now? Why do you think that though? What is what identity do you think they should have? I think
1: as long as Coach Bud is around, right, they can. St- Still, kind of get away with that, you know, everybody touches the ball type of mentality. Right. I think that, and I mean, quite frankly, that's the only real strong point this season is the assist numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Those are very good. 23.6 assists a game is very good. Yeah, I think, I think
1: that number, I think that can still be a part of their DNA. Right. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, I just, they just need a, they need that franchise changing player. And I don't know if they have it right now.
0: Well, they don't. That's the problem. But fortunately for them, they're involved in a tank of Palooza with a few other teams. There's no other way to put that. This is the worst as far as tanking goes. And one of the reasons is because the NBA has decided to put a Band-Aid over a broken arm next year, and now just the bottom three have a 14% chance of getting the silver dollar drawn out of somebody's pocket. But when you look at these teams, it's really tough. You've got the Hawks. 20 losses, Brooklyn 20 losses. the magic they've been tanking for years on per on accident. That's how bad they've been built. 20 right. loss or 20 wins. The Memphis Grizzlies right now have the worst record in the NBA. So when you look at all these things and you look at this tank of Palooza, what kind of thing can what kind what can we expect? I mean where do you think the Hawks are going to end up?
1: Man, that's it's a good question. Uh, I, for some reason, I have a feeling that we're going to, you know, end up in a top five um, lottery pick.
0: Right. just the top five in the NBA for heaven's opinion. I would love that. I would be singing yeah. my praises. I'm patting myself <laughs> on the back for my smartness.
1: Right. It's, it's just like um, the fans are really freaking out because it's like, you know, we kind of want to do bad just for the draft's sake. But – I'm looking at like the Eastern Conference standings and honestly like if we went on like a crazy like run, we would like significantly like like we would go up big time. Big like, time like we could <laughs> like a six, seven game win streak and we we could be you know, we could be on a whole different draft pick right now. You know, right now we're in the we're in the running to get like maybe a top three. So maybe even one, or two.
0: Right. But, that could that could yeah. be. I think that that's possible. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at that draft pick though, well, who do you want? You're a Hawks fan. You're a monster Hawks Mm -hmm. fan. Who do you want to, who do you want them to get if they can?
1: Man, um, right now, I think the safest pick for me to where I'm not making a huge risk is to just get Aiden right now. I think Aiden is the best choice the Hawks can make. Um, Bagley is the, you know, is the second choice, but I only say Aiden because of his physical presence. Right. Just, you know, just his raw physical presence is enough to just, you know, for him to fit in just about anywhere. He can run the floor, you know, he can jump for alleys, he can rebound. And, you know, Bagley can do all those things as well, but Aiden also has that mid-range jumper, you know, and it just, he just looks real fluid
0: on offense. Right. That, ma- that extended, makes sense. But, you know, that makes sense. The thing is, is what you want to do is kind of build around somebody. Mm-hmm. I got this funny feeling that they're not going to be able to get a kid like Luka Doncic, for example. That's who I would want for them because he can play the two also. He's a big kid, six, eight, and he's what? only 19. And he's doing damage against kids who are, uh, or actually doing damage against professional basketball players. And that's a good thing The I looked down the ringer today and they kind of tried to figure out where the Hawks were going to fall and they fall at the six pick. And this is some, they say that the Hawks are going to draft Trey young, but in our pre- preparation for this show, I asked you who you didn't want. That's the guy I didn't want for the Hawks. Trey young. Yeah. I'm,
1: and you know what? I said the same thing. I, I, I don't want them to get Trey young only because I don't, I just, I mean, what
0: do they do with keep, Dennis?
1: Right, right. You know, because even though Dennis didn't live up to, you know, some high, like really high expectations this year, right. I still wouldn't just drop the ball on him. You know, I would at least see what he could do over this summer and see what he can come back with. You know what what he's improved with because he he's still a fast player. Mm-hmm. You know, still has still uh, knows what to do around the basket three point percentages and all that, but you know, you can always work on that. That can always improve. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if they would take that chance and just draft somebody that, you know, has done well for himself in college. But he hasn't proved himself in the NBA. And we don't know if he's just, you know, it's just all luck. He's shooting so crazy. Like we don't know. So I don't know if I pressed a button on that. Yeah, that's a huge risk.
0: That's, that's a huge, huge risk. You know what scares me about this kid? I, I said this everywhere now. i said this on my show yesterday. I'll say it at Sonic's Rising, everywhere I write, <laughs> everywhere I do this. Look, pump the brakes on this kid. First of all, I've been a coach of tennis, high-performance athletes, for 30 years. Kids that you know about, in most cases, like 99.9% of the tennis world already knows they exist before I get them. Trey Young, nobody knows, knew he existed hardly. I mean, this is a kid who was completely unknown. If you look back in September at all the mock drafts and all the things that people were talking about, Trey Young is in the top 30 or 40. He's come out of nowhere. The second thing is, is he's complaining in the press. He says, you know, I can't get my shot off. I, no one's guarded me like this in the history of the N.C.2A. Nobody in college basketball, <laughs> guard, I get guarded worse than anybody. And they know they prepare for me because they're watching the film. Well, what do you think happens in the NBA, Mr. Young? Or I should say Master Young because you're a young kid still. You know what? This is a kid who's a Fruit Loop. If he thinks he can get away with stuff like that, that's going to lower his draft value. No professional team is going to take a chance on a kid who gets frustrated in college. If he's yeah. that frustrated now, what's going to happen when grown men who are longer and more athletic and more experienced, and most importantly, trying to feed their families by stopping this skinny kid. What do you think is <laughs> going to happen to him? They're going to go after him hard, like when he played against West Virginia. This is this is funny, Coop. Well, I got to tell you this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking to Trey Young to me, Trey Young to me, Trey Young to me. So I watched him play, and ironically, the first time I saw him play was against West Virginia, and it was very similar to what Patrick Beverly did to Lonzo Ball on opening night. They stayed right in his grill, and he stunk. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I get it. Kids, he's the he's an 18 year old kid. He's gonna he's young. Well, let's see him again. I watched him eight straight times, and I just walk away shaking my head. I don't uh, get what people are saying. I think he's a great shooter, or or he's a lucky one. <laughs> Who knows? Right. But at the end of the day, please, Atlanta Hawks, don't draft him.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that move. I um really like I looked at like the top 10 prospects right and the position I'm looking for to the Hawks drafting is like a shooting guard. I kind of want them to have some type of scorer, somebody who has like a knack to just get to the rim and just score. Okay. You know, outside of outside of, you know, Bagley and Ayton. I mean, right. you know they're scorers but you know, I think I think we're not done with the um with wings. I think we need to focus on some wings for the Atlanta Hawks.
0: What do you think about Michael
1: Porter? You know, Michael Porter, the the thing with him is he's either going to be really, really great or
0: – Kowami Brown.
1: Yeah. I, 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 like the whole back surgery thing, that's the only thing that's, like,
0: bothering me. I'm like – Oh, yeah. He's too young to have a bad back. Right, right. And,
1: you know, sometimes back problems can affect you your whole career. It's not just something that can go away.
0: Trust you me, know. I know. You're talking to a guy 52 years <laughs> old who's been – doing tennis since he was four, yeah, it can get exciting and interesting. But uh, I agree with you. I I think it should be interesting to see where they fall. But a lot of that has to do with Mike Budenholzer, I think, and Travis Schlenk. Now, what do you think of Travis Schlenk? Now, he's been the GM for now one season. He came in saying all the right things. But is he doing all the right things? Did he do all the right things after he was hired?
1: Uh, I, I think he... I think he did. Uh, I think getting rid of Dwight Howard was was a great move.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't see that very often where his own teammates applauded the move. Yeah. They were happy yeah. to see him go.
1: <laughs> they were. Yeah. They, they were super happy. Uh, I think that was a good move. And I think it was just, in general, it was just a breath of fresh air, you know, just to have somebody new in here and who isn't, who, who isn't like connected to the players in an emotional way, you know. Right sometimes it's hard for GMs to, to make certain moves because of how they're associated with certain players,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, especially a Paul Millsap who's been with the Hawks, who was with the Hawks uh, when they went 60 and 22. And for him, he was like, you know what? I, I don't know this kid. I'm just going to get rid of him. <laughs> and so sometimes you have to have somebody who's going to make bold moves. Right. No matter, no matter how you feel about the player, no matter how other players feel about the player. And, um, I think him drafting John Collins is an example of what we can see from Travis Slink.
0: You know? That was a very good draft pick, by the way. And you know what's fun is now that the Hawks bought out Ursani Liasova, we get to see John Collins do his thing for 30 minutes a night. I don't, yes. think, but I don't think Coach Budenholzer thinks about this tank business. I don't think he cares what pick he gets. He knows he's going to get a good player out of those first four or five. I think mm-hmm. he's, he wants to turn this kid loose and see what he can do. And I don't blame him one bit either. I would do the same thing. So, when you, you, so you like Travis Schlenk then?
1: Yeah, I, I, I like Travis Schlink. I think his work that he did with the Warriors is um is a great resume sure. um, going forward. You know, of course, you know, there's some luck involved. I'm pretty sure, you know, Steph Curry getting paid, you know, not that much money. that right. You know, that wasn't on purpose. You know, that just kind of happened. but Durant
0: um, taking less, too.
1: Yeah, Durant taking less. But he
0: was um, the assistant GM then. So, I mean, it's not really him, but he was there and watched it happen. Right. I, I'm going to be interested to see what he does this summer. They should have a few bucks to spend, and maybe they'll get somebody. I don't know how they would do that. How do they, how do they go about doing that? Uh, Torian Prince is someone who's been maligned a bit, I think. I think, unfairly. This is just a really bad team. And unfortunately, (laughs) I thought they'd be better because I thought that these young guys would gel and and, and go off a little more, and they didn't. Now, when you look at this East, this is an interesting thing for me, the Eastern Conference, because uh, the Hawks are out of it, and that's okay, but we still want Atlanta people to watch basketball. We still want teams from, or fan bases from tanking teams to want them. It looks like a pretty sewn-up race there now. It looks like the Heat snuck into number eight. I think they're going to sneak in to number five or actually in the top three seeds because I think they're going to win the Southeast. What do you think about the heat and what do you, what did you think about the Eastern conference this season?
1: Man, Eastern conference is it's, it's, it was a throw up. You know, if you told me to predict who I'd put in the top eight, um, I, I I couldn't, I really, I really couldn't tell you outside of the Cavaliers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew the Raptors were going to be at least a top 14 right. because they're always a top 14. Oh. Um, they just, people always question what they can do in the postseason, well, which is they,
0: the, they've done nothing. That's the whole
1: problem. Yeah. That. And I think, I think if it's any year, they make it past the Eastern conference final. I think this year is the year.
0: Really? Do you think uh-huh. they can take out that? You, you don't think Cleveland's going to make it to the final this year. Do you?
1: I don't, I don't at all. I, I, I just, you know, I hate going against LeBron James. Well, who does? <laughs> he's the golden child of the NBA. He
0: should but, be. He's a, he's a beast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, but I just I can't see it. Like, just the – they haven't shown me a side of them that looks like an NBA finals team, really. Like, okay. outside of a few games. I just – I can't see it. Especially when they've just put new guys in the system, and that's going to take a while for them to gel – you know they look a little faster now that they have some youth, mm-hmm. but I just I can't see them making it unless LeBron James just wills them to wills them to the um, finals.
0: Which is what he's done in the past. I mean he he did they won two games against Golden State that first year he made it to the finals with hardly anyone. But one of the things that people aren't talking about and, and it disappoints me not you because this you don't cover the Cavs, but Cavs writers since the trade deadline since they they blew up their team. At the time of the trade and the blow-up, they were 29th in the NBA in defense. Mm -hmm. Today, since the trade deadline, from the the February 8th until today, they're number 10 in defense. So, I mean, that's a big jump. And there's a reason for that, what you just said. They're younger, they're more athletic, they're longer. And instead of people saying, well, you know what, look, wow, they're not doing too bad, they take isolated plays and pick on them and say, oh, they didn't get any better. You know, that is lazy journalists, yeah. something that I know that you're not. What was the team in this top eight, though, that you thought was a surprise to you?
1: Man, um, the top eight, I want to say the 76ers. Okay. Um, you know, obviously, they, you know, last year they went on like this last minute run that made them look like, OK, there, there's something there. But I didn't think they would be. Um, they're like right at number six. Right. Um, yeah, Like I didn't I didn't think they would actually make the make the playoffs and if they did um i think i thought they would be like number eight or nine trying to get in right um i didn't think joellen beat and ben simmons would make that much of a difference um but obviously i mean joel b has just turned into a monster and um he's put his team into a playoff spot. Um, he sure
0: has they don't play very well when he's not on the floor but uh the thing is you said you mentioned ben simmons you didn't think that they would be able to coexist I agree. I I didn't know what to expect from Ben Simmons. I don't think that the Philadelphia 76ers knew what to expect from Ben Simmons, but irregardless of all that they've played good. And and it's good for Philly because I don't want to see Atlanta Hawks fans three years down the road echoing this mindless trust the process chant.
1: Right. Yeah, true. And you can already tell that a lot of fans um, are trying to compare us to the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, time of
0: that. That's not even true. <laughs> That's bad. You know what? Yeah. They don't understand what happened then because they blew up that team in order to do that. Remember they had Drew Holiday and they had Lou Williams and they had a couple yeah. of other kids that they traded away. Ursan trade. they traded him a couple of times. and uh, Right. He's they been, been everywhere. <laughs> yeah. They, he's been everywhere. They blew up that team. They completely blew up that team. They traded Vucevic to Orlando. And they, I mean, they had a pretty good team and they just decided to uh, go El Tanco, and, and they made the whole NBA look like a laughing stock and their fans are shouting and chanting all the time. Like they were in a cult, trust the process, trust the process. (laughs) I know I coach kids like that from Philly and they do it all the time. And I I just laugh, but I'm glad for them. My surprise team though, and I Mm -hmm. shouldn't have been surprised but my surprise team was the was actually the Boston Celtics. I didn't really? think they'd be that good. I didn't think Kyrie and Gordon Hayward would be that good together and they weren't because that stupid pass got him broke got his leg broke. I mean that was irresponsible. I was in the arena when it happened. And and yeah. the thing is is when I covered the Cavs I learned something about Kyrie. Kyrie will bail you out sometimes, but Kyrie is so used to having those guys who will bail him out. Like LeBron James, who can jump out of the gym, and when he throws up an alley oop, LeBron can get can go and fetch it between two guys. When Kyrie threw that alley oop to, uh, or Ky- when Kyrie threw the alley oop to Gordon Hayward, he threw it right between Tristan Thompson and LeBron James, and that kid got Malachi crunched, and that's what happened to him. He wasn't ready for that, so it is what it is. But Boston surprised me. I thought that they would falter. What really surprised me it was their defense. I thought, wow, that they're really playing good defense. And they're mowing through their division, but their division sucks. But they surprised yeah. me the most, I think. It was no surprise how well you be today. Thank you so much for being here, Xavier. I appreciate you, man.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's such oh, a pleasure, man.
0: It's my pleasure. And now what's your what's your Twitter handle again?
1: All right, so my Twitter handle is actually, I just changed my Twitter handle like not too long ago. Okay. Um, so I think it's, um, you know what? I don't even know what it is, but um, my Instagram is the real Xavier Cooper. Um, so you guys can follow me on there. Um, Facebook, Xavier Cooper. You know, I'm a pretty friendly guy.
0: He is a very friendly guy, and he puts up with me <laughs> too. And don't worry, we'll get that Twitter out to you it'll be in the show notes and it'll be in the Twitter feed when I blast the show. All right, man, we'll catch up with you later, bro. Thanks so much for being here.
1: All right. Thanks Phil. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. That was Xavier Cooper. What a great guest. What a great time coming up next after the break, Tony Mateo, the owner of the Atlanta legends and the lady legends will be here to talk about the most successful current successful pro basketball team in Atlanta. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Phil Nation show. Hi, we're all forget and you're listening to FitIn as a show! Go, go. Welcome back to the phil nason show we are still hooked on atlanta sports and the best pro basketball team in atlanta isn't the atlanta hawks i just kind of told you about that earlier in the show it's the atlanta legends and joining me to talk all about them please welcome their owner and their star player and everything else by the way please welcome tony O'Mateo to the show tony my man what's happening
2: man long time no hear how you been i'm good man how are you Man, I can't complain. Just trying to live my best life now.
0: Well, you are doing it, by the way, and and I'm very impressed with what you've built there. You get one year, one time a year here, and I always make sure to bring you in once at least. And I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm going to make you sing for your supper a little bit tonight because, (laughs) you know, I can't just have you talk about your legends. But I want to ask you, what is the deal? I'm looking at the roster, and and Mm -hmm. I guess you got rid of some folks.
2: Yeah, we had to. Um, we we got younger. <laughs> we got a little more athletic. Like the Cavs. Um, look, not like the Cavs. We, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. It wasn't a, <laughs> a, a knee jerk reaction. All right. Okay. This was, uh, it was. It was careful planning. And what we did was we just we rebuilt from the inside out. Uh, mm-hmm. We picked up Patrick Duggar. He's been giving us great work down right. in the post. Uh, we got a bunch of guards: Larry Williams, Philton Johnson. Uh, Perry Nelson, Jamal Newman's been great for us. Jamal okay. Newman and Tyler Salton, they're very, very, very solid in the backcourt. They don't turn the ball over. They play great defense. And then, of course, you know, we have some of our OG legends. Uh, James Royal has been with us from Jump Street. Right. So, you know, and we I always support big this. things from him. And Mike oh, is still with the team. Mike Sloan is a legend for life. As long as I have anything, he's there. He should be.
0: He's been yeah. good for that. He's been really good. Now, he didn't play in the last game, did he? No,
2: nah, he's been in and out of the lineup, but we've been able to, you know, work around that.
0: Just bring him in for the big games.
2: Hey, look, that's what we used to do. Bring the big guns out at the right time. And he's yeah. one of them.
0: Believe me, if you folks have not had a chance to see Mike play, you need to go check him out. He's my dude. And I think I'm his dude. And I'm I, I'm telling you, if you don't win the championship this year, I'm coming to Atlanta and coaching you. I've decided.
2: Look, yeah, we got to get it this year. Like, it's been a gr- the fan base this year has been amazing. Like, we've really? been getting a lot – we've been getting a lot more support from the community. Um, I think part of it is because we've spent so much time going back and trying to be organic with things. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of uh, local artists and local businesses – that we've been involved with so you know they've been vending at our games and we've been letting a lot of local artists perform at halftime so and even man you should see how many legend shirts are in the crowd these days really? Speaking of it, when we go off the air i gotta i gotta get your info so i can send you one
0: okay perfect that'll be great i'm, I'm i'll am i talk to you about that in a afterwards definitely because okay. i still have the old one
2: Hey, look. We gotta get you. We gotta get you to 2018.
0: One. Well, see, I, I'm a big part of the legends. I've been there since day one with you, and, and I'm so proud of you guys. Really, I, I can't wait. I, if you don't win this year, you guys are stuck because I'm coming down to coach. I told you, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm a. Well, that's, that's not. That's not totally.
2: A, that's not such a bad thing though either. Because
0: <laughs> I'll be a little crazy now. The one thing I want to ask you is, mm. you brought up the attendance, which I think is great. How is it? How is it working out with the uh, recruiting process that you go through? Because I know you've got all these different things happening. How how do you recruit the players? Because there's know, a whole bunch of new dudes this year. I, I was stunned, and I, I'm loving what I see, by the way.
2: What's interesting is the recruiting kind of handles itself. Mm-hmm. Um, being that we've been doing what we've been doing and people have seen guys move on to the next level, I don't even really have to make announcements about tryouts or anything of that nature. People email me all day long. They text me. They call. I really need to take my phone number off the internet. But I get yeah, a lot of a calls idea, and that's a good by text. the way. <laughs> really. Um, so I get a lot of calls and texts. And just being that I know a lot of people, anybody who, like, former uh, coaches or players, they all hit me up and be like, hey, you know, I got a guy. You need to check him out. And we never turn down talent. Even, you know, worst-case scenario, we'll pass him on to somebody else if there's nowhere for, for them in Legendland. So... It's but a smooth process.
0: But I got to tell you, I'm impressed with what you're doing over there. Now, your next game is when?
2: Uh, we play this Sunday at 3 p.m. It's actually a battle for first place. we got the Spartans who we're tied with right now.
0: Oh, again, those Georgia Spartans? Yeah. Oh, man, looks like I'm going to yeah, be having is, some guys. fun on Twitter this week. Yeah. I'm legendary with them, too. <laughs> yeah, tell them, I, I'm going to talk some crap. Is, is, uh, is Mike going to be at the game?
2: Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be there this week.
0: Okay, you guys got to back me up because I, you know how this is going to roll in a couple days when I get a little time to have a little fun with my friends, the uh, Georgia Spartans. But I'm telling you, this is a great thing. I'm so happy for you guys. Now, I want to ask you something. Let's let's mm-hmm. flip the switch here. You played college basketball. Yes, sir. You played at Fort Valley, right?
2: Yeah, I played at Alabama A and M as well. That's right.
0: <laughs> and now, um. What do you think about all this scandal business? I mean, it's blown up crazy. I mean, we all knew it was going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe we knew even at the level it was going on. Mm-hmm. But what was your first reaction? Did you laugh?
2: Well, to me, it was it was like par for the course because, like you said, being there, we all know what's going on. Um, it it just so happened that Rick Patino got involved, and once the big wigs started coming out, then it started garnering a lot more attention. But right. this is 40 years late, man. The system is outdated.
0: Completely outdated. You know, I brought on Greg Frame, who is in the top 10, all-time leading scorer at Dartmouth. And he goes back to the mid-'80s to late-'80s when he was getting recruited. Now, back when, then, we didn't have AAU. What we had was just we played for our high school teams, and they had little leagues and whatever it was. There was some, but not as big as it is today. And he was talking about the shoe deals. Now, when you played at Fort Valley, they hooked you up with some stuff, right?
2: Well, uh, are are we talking uh, the boosters? We're
0: we're talking about just what the school provided you and like shoes and stuff like that.
2: Well, it was hit or miss. Uh, I had three different coaches while I was there. I had one coach who was great with... Uh, personnel and then I had another coach who was great with X's and O's and I had one coach who made sure we were well fed and we were well dressed Ah, now that never happened at the same time Uh, but (laughs) when I was at Alabama A&M it was pretty smooth it was it was pretty uh it was pretty straight uh we had gear there's a little per diem but it, it definitely wasn't it didn't equate to what we brought into the school
0: so what do you think they should pay athletes? Do you think they should do that? And if they do, if you say yes, and I, I think you're going to, what does that look like?
2: Well, you have to pay the athletes. Right. Because the business model that we've put forth to this point in time, it just doesn't make sense. Um, pretty much everyone brings in some revenue. But the big the wigs, there's only so many Cam Newtons when you go to school. There's only so many... Uh, Michael Jordan's when you're in school, right? But definitely, uh, the bigger programs deserve higher pay. It's um, it's like it's like me being uh, a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, the teachers that are better, the teachers that have the track record, they deserve to be paid more. You can't pay me the same as a guy who's just come in or a guy who's not bringing in the same number of uh, awards as I am, right?
0: So now like if here's let's use let's just set up a hypothetical real quick I come in and I'm highly taunted athlete I mean I've got all these Nike awards and I've won I've been in I won the slam dunk competition at the big high school thing and you're a third year guy and you're a, high, a college all- American but I yeah. I have more accolades than you. Should I get the same as you or should I get less than you?
2: Well I mean especially it if I'm going to be well, a one and done guy. It depends on what program I'm going to. That's right. Really,
0: That's a good answer. Because That's exactly right.
2: If I'm going to Kentucky, hey, man,
0: sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hit the back of the bus. I hear you. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. See, my thing, I talked about this on the show on Monday, which you have no chance to have listened to because it just didn't work. But here's the thing. I think that if you're going to do this, you got to give just a straight salary to each kid a uh, per diem, like you said, you got in college, you know, cause we used to get that too, um, like two or 300 bucks a week or whatever it is and give them the free education that they earned. It's not free. They've earned it. And give them a percentage of the, uh, individual college sales. If for example, Tony O Mateo's Jersey sells a million dollars worth, then you should get a percentage of that.
2: Got to get something out of it
0: because this is the reason that this happened is because of this. You know, this is you get so much money, and these kids see so much money getting into the schools, and that's great. Okay, and sure, they get the free education, but again, they earn it, and a lot of times it, it takes them a lot longer to get that degree because you they're know gone
2: all the time. I think I think we need to be uh, done with the term "free education." I think their education is being reimbursed yeah. for the world.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I was trying to do. But if I don't say free education, people won't understand. They get a scholarship, but it's not like you're well, it is like the academic scholarship. The difference is, is those academic scholarships aren't providing the academic scholarships the way these basketball scholarships in football with the revenue they generate. It's insane the kind of money. But that's for another day. So I agree with you, though. I think they should get some money and i think they should they'd have more of an incentive then wouldn't they to stay in school for 4 years?
2: Well, think about it. That's why so many guys before before they made the rule that you had to go to college for at least a year. That's mm-hmm. why so many guys went straight to the league from high school. Right. That's why so many guys now are going after one year. Like we're not going to sit here and watch y'all make all of the money off of our names, off of our talents and then not get anything back. That's exactly you right. You got to you pay them. Pay
0: something and it's not the the payment isn't the college education they they actually earn that that's a fair exchange my talent (laughs) you give me this that's fair but my god they got to do something because the money that's out there and the buyout clauses we talked about yesterday oh my goodness for these coaches are like 34 million dollars to buy them out of their contract so it's are you like greg said are you bigger than your problems and if you're bigger than your problems, you're going to get away with it. And if you're not, you're going to get a buyout. It's that simple. Now,
2: and That's the truest thing I've heard all day. I'm
0: telling you, and that's what it is. If you're bigger than your problems, you can get away with it. Look at Rick Pitino. He got away with it for years and years. This isn't the first time he's been in trouble. No, it's and, not. And, and, but they still don't. They look the other way because, again, bigger than their problems. Now, I want to ask you this. Now, we're on the same token where you talked about kids leaving college early or going out of high school. LeVar Ball. Mm. he wants to begin a league so the top kids can skip college and get paid something. Now, what do you think of that? And does that benefit a league like the UBA?
2: Well, I think it's um, it's a direct response to the issues that they're having with the NCAA. And if you're giving a kid a, an opportunity to get paid for what he's doing and not have to go through College is rough, man. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they overlook the struggles that you go through in college. There's a lot of days where you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. There's a lot of pressure. Um, So if they can find a way to get paid without having to go through that, I think you're going to see a lot of kids take that route. Now, I don't know how it would – I don't see it directly benefiting The UBA, but there's also the possibility that some kids don't make it there, and now they want to just come on over here because they see how many guys we've gotten overseas. So in an indirect way, I think it would benefit us.
0: Now the NBA is thinking about, or I'm sure they're going to do this, this came out today, that they're thinking about waiving the one-and-done. Could they want to eliminate the one-and-done? And they're going to allow kids to jump straight from high school even to uh, the pros, they're going to kind of try to uh, hook them up in a minor league system, something like that. Uh, it just came out today. Brian Winterhorst did. That would be okay, you know. People talk about this high school coming in out of high school. You know, there were less busts coming in from high school yeah. to the pros than there are yeah. with the one and duns.
2: Definitely. I, I also just hearing that it's almost like the NBA is trying to they're trying to play. They're trying to talk out of both sides of their mouth. With that, though.
0: And that's the new thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to let you leave school, but you got to do it our way. I mean, just look at baseball. <laughs> look at baseball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They actually, uh, I th- I like the way they set it up though in baseball, at least they, when they draft kids out of high school, they take care of them after college, you know, with the basketball, if those kids leave early and get drafted in the second round, they don't even get a guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. and that's tough. That's a gamble those kids have to make. I think a lot of them probably shouldn't, but thats I'm not their father. I'm not their agent, so I, I probably don't need to be handing out their advice. But this LeVar Ball thing, does it work, though? If the NBA decides to get involved, LeVar Ball's plan is out the window because, I mean, who's going to go with? levar when you can stay with the uh, NBA and you can get into a G League and you can even get paid in high school they say
2: Yeah well somebody's got to be the first so I I don't like a lot of the things he does I don't agree with a lot of the things he does right. but he is a trailblazer He and really
0: is what for is he, for the good or the bad
2: <laughs> Yeah yeah but if if him blazing that trail Sets us up where we have a league, and we and kids can go from high school and not necessarily incur as much of the risk as as you just said, just going straight to the league and they're taken care of and and they have money to go get their own education if they want to later on. Then I'm all for it.
0: I am too. I, I want see. I've been a coach now for 30 years, and I broke my knee. Whatever. I'm an ex-pro, but the diff deal is is this. I want all these kids to get what they're supposed to get from the hard work and the dedication that they put in. And whether it's four years in college or it's a guaranteed money that they can use if the basketball doesn't work out or any sport so that they can better their life. I like some of the things that I read about the NBA where they say they're going to actually assist these young guys while they're still in high school and teach them things like how to manage money and maturity classes and I think all those things are important because you're dealing with kids no matter what color their skin is I would say 90% of the kids that are playing NC2A basketball come from less than humble beginnings and yeah. I think it's important that these kids get someone to put their arm around them and say hey look you know we don't just care about your talent we care about you if it's LeVar Ball or whoever I'm for that
2: yeah, that's, that's very important.
0: It has to be. I mean look at you got taking people took care of you look at how well you've turned out.
2: <laughs> it takes a village they say.
0: Uh, my village is too big. That's why my earlobes are long because I got them yanked by all kinds <laughs> of folks. But uh so here we go. We've got LeVar out of the way, the NBA refs. I've mm-hmm. seen some things but we're not going to talk about the UBA refs because they'll get in the trouble.
2: We can talk about him. I had to struggle with him last night.
0: Okay, and that's that's <laughs> odd for
2: you. Yeah. yeah. You don't say I,
0: anything I, when you play basketball except <laughs> you let the buckets go and do the speaking for you. What's going yeah. on with these refs?
2: I think what's happening is, is the refs are going out of their way to show that they're as important as the players are. Oh, and yeah. now I went to referee school I tried to gain a little competitive advantage. Um, I wanted to pick the brains of officials to see what it is they see on the floor. Right. And the golden rule is to not be seen.
0: Well, yeah, that's think, right.
2: Yeah. I think Joey Crawford ruined that for referees. <laughs> and I, and I, I don't even know that it can be fixed because right. it's every level of referee. They want to be seen. They want to be a part of the show. But if I went to court, The judge and the court stenographer are not on the same level. The judge is important. We can't have this case without the judge. Right. It doesn't make sense for the stenographer to be just pounding on the keys just so y'all can hear how fast they're typing over there. Like, we're not here to see that. Like, you are important. It's true. We need you for these court records. But you're not the show. And that's the issue. Too many of them want to be the show.
0: And that's it. That's true in every sport. You know, I went to. I actually tried to referee. I stopped because I didn't like them yelling at me. I'm not a guy that likes that. You know? But <laughs> oh, I did yeah, pretty good when I was. It. I did pretty good when I was in Vegas. I did some games at UNLV, the summer scrimmages he used to have, because I used to give lessons to Tark's wife, tennis lessons, and mm. I did some junior college. So I didn't do too bad at age 23. But I didn't like them yelling at me. It's okay. a really hard Thank job. You. But that the one,
2: comes
0: with yeah. But the one thing that I learned is if you speak to guys, they'd rather say they'd rather hear you say f you to them than tech them. Coaches are the yeah. same way, and, you know. And if you can open up some dialogue, that's what Carmelo Anthony said about the NBA refs. He said when he first came into the NBA, we could talk to them; they would talk to us. Sometimes it wouldn't be pleasant, but at least they didn't throw us out of games. Mm-hmm. And now we can't even look at them. And he goes, and granted, some of the things that are going on today with players and their reactions would never be tolerated back when I started. So there's got to be something, something's got to give. And I agree with him. I think communication is the key in anything. And if you can communicate well, then you, you got a shot at life. Like you have with the Legends. Now, what's going on as we wrap this up, man? It's so great to have you here, dude. What's happening with the Legends? And you got some news for the Lady Legends too, right?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, for the Legends, the big thing is we just want to continue to push the brand domestically and internationally. As you know, we uh, we go to several FIBA Cups every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already gone to the Dominican Republic. We're going to Barcelona for the Mediterranean Cup of Champions this uh, Memorial Day weekend. Right. Um, and then we're taking the Ladies and we're starting the Cup out there in France. But the big thing for the Ladies Legends, we've been doing a lot of player development. And our mm-hmm. biggest thing that we're trying to do is make sure we get contracts for Lynette Holmes and Ayanna Dugger. Those are our two stars from last season. So as long as we get them deals, we'll be fine.
0: And I think you will. And you got the big game with the Spartans. First place is up for grabs. Georgia Spartans, you're in big trouble because Sloan's going to be there, Omateo's going to be there, and you're in big trouble. Thanks for being here, man.
2: Hey, man, thanks for having me. We appreciate
0: it. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Good luck, guys. I know you guys are listening. and I appreciate your support. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank both my guests for bringing it today. Talking Atlanta sports the entire day. I love it. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you.